How about just just an idea? Everybody move up. Yeah, it feels weird in here tonight. Um, but it would be nice if we all could do this together. And I could feel like this was a home and a family. That was a good song. I've never heard that one. I did like that one. Sweet. Okay. So, welcome to Crosspoint. I hope spring break was good. Was spring break pretty good? Okay, pretty okay. Okay. Did anybody do anything like really awesome? Okay, all of you who didn't go to San Francisco. Anybody who didn't go to San Francisco did something awesome. What did you do, Josue? Oh, you did. Sweet. That's what's up. Okay. All right. So you were in California too. Okay. All right, well, um, anyway, uh, tonight is going to be a little different. We didn't think there was going to be a ton of people here tonight, so uh, we wanted to switch things up. Um, so uh, I want to just talk about John 8 a little bit. It's the famous story of the woman who's caught in adultery, um, and the Pharisees bring her in front of Jesus. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I want to have just a time of worship after that where we can just worship and pray. Um, and then... Uh, we did just go to San Francisco. We went to uh, a mission down in the Tenderloin, uh, just this terribly poor part of San Francisco. Uh, and we did a lot of cool stuff, uh, a lot of very difficult stuff as well. Um, but God really showed up. It was really cool stuff that happened. So we've got three people that are going to come up and tell some stories. Uh, and then following their stories, uh, we just want to have a time of prayer uh, for, for uh, the campus and for us as a body here at Grace and Crosspoint. Um, and so we're just going to pray about some particular things uh, in light of these stories, and so um, we're going to have each of the people telling stories are just going to lead us in prayer uh, for those specific things. So, if you got your Bible, uh, well, before I get started, I always want to bring this to your attention. Um, this is only a part of church, so coming and looking at the backs of each other's heads is only a part of church, um, and we do feel like it is a, it's a cool part of church, it's an essential part of church, um, but the life of a believer should be characterized uh, with openness and confession uh, and life around Christ and around the gospel face-to-face. And so the way we, we see that is community groups. Uh, we have guys and girls meet in different groups every day of the week. Uh, uh, it is impossible to live um, with Christ and with God in isolation from other believers. And so we really just want to bring that to light that uh, uh, there are community groups and you can find those online. You can talk to anybody at the meal. You can uh, uh, you can uh, pick up flyers we have at the meal, uh, put your name on them on the back, and if you're interested in community groups, please uh, don't hesitate to let us know that, because we feel like that's an essential part of walking with Jesus, is not doing it alone. Um, so, all that being said, uh, go to John 8. I just want to seriously like take just a few minutes. I want to look at the story. I want to highlight one thing uh, before we lead into worship. Um, So, John 8, we're going to be verse 1, and we'll go all the way to verse 11. So, y'all have heard, most of you have heard the story before? The adulterous woman, Pharisees bring her before Jesus. I'll read it, and then then maybe it'll ring some bells. Okay, uh, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. 
the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law of Moses, now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone, and the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. Yeah, so, so most of you have heard that story before, or at least that let he is without sin uh, cast the first stone. Heard that. Um, so I, I really want to look at this story in a very raw way. Um, I think sometimes we, we can look at that story and we can paint the woman as the victim and then we can paint Jesus as this rescuer of this victim. And we're like, oh, like Jesus really did a good thing there. You know, like Jesus did a good thing. And you see, you see what the Pharisees, it says they brought her to the court and they said, in the law of Moses, we are to, we're supposed to stone women like this. We're supposed to stone adulterous women. And it says that they weren't looking for really justice, right? They weren't really trying to keep the law of Moses, but they were doing it to test him. Um, because Jesus had been saying up until this point, I, I am from God. I am not opposed to God. I am not opposed to the law of Moses. I am not opposed to the law given to Moses by God. He is actually my father in everything he does, I do. And so they're trying to trap him in here, right? They're trying to trap him because what they want him to do in the middle of everybody is one, condemn her and stone her. And so Jesus is going to come out in some circles looking like this very aggressive guy. Uh, and the other thing is what they really wanted him to happen is to say, no, you shouldn't stone women. And then they could point at him and say, well, you can't be from God because you do things differently. You can't be from God because God gave us this law and you don't want to keep that law. So you can't be the God of Moses. You can't be from the God of Moses. So they're trapping him, right? Either way, something bad happens to Jesus in this, in this setting here. So they weren't really looking for justice. And the reason, another reason we know they weren't looking for justice is because they only bring the woman. And in the law of Moses, in the Old Testament, it is not just the woman. It's the woman and the man caught in adultery are both brought before the court. And they're both stoned. Uh, so you see them bringing this woman. Um, but still, we look at that story, right? And we, and we look at the woman, and she's the victim, right? And Jesus, in a very clever way, rescues her. Um, but I think in a very real way, in a very raw way, this woman is not a victim. This woman is an adulteress. Like, she's either one of two parties in adultery. She is either, like, the woman hanging out on the street, like, looking to, to sleep with married men, 
like looking to sleep with married men. She's looking to, to ruin a home of a man with children and a man with a wife. Like she knowingly is sleeping with a married man. That's, that's not a victim, right? That, that's not a good thing. That's not a light thing. Like I don't know if any of y'all have like dealt with this in your family of like mom or dad uh, in an adulterous relationship, but it's not a great thing. Like that's not a beautiful thing. She, th- th- like everything is wrong and bad about that situation. Or she's this other party. She's the mother. Like she has kids. She has a husband. And she's out roaming the streets, right? Like breaking up a home. But either way, she, she's not the victim here. Like either way, she was caught in a terrible act. An act that is terrible enough that in the Old Testament, it's in the Old Testament there are a ton of things that you can do that are wrong, but God says take take the life of an animal instead of your punishment for that. There are these things that that men do wrong that there is atonement for. Like Place your hand on a goat, have the priest cut the goat's neck, and the goat will take your life instead of your, instead of your life for your sin. The goat takes the life, right? And so you're seeing this atonement, but adultery isn't one of those things. And you're also seeing in the Old Testament that Israel, the people of God, the people that God redeemed and rescued, as, as they go on in their history, God looks at them and he constantly calls them adulterers. He, he tells stories about you were a people who were not a people. I rescued you from slavery. I rescued you from Egypt. I took the dirt and the mud and the dung and I cleaned you and I clothed you and you ran after other lovers. You ran after other gods after I cleaned you up, after I gave you a home, after I gave you a land and I gave you rulers and you went after other gods and you sacrificed your children to other gods and so you're also seeing Israel like adultery is this heavy heavy thing it's this heavy terribly destructive thing and so when Jesus says let let he who's without sin cast the first stone I think it's a clever way out of the trap yes I think it's a clever way out of the trap. Yeah, he, he did a good job of getting out of that trap. And I think Jesus does that well because the Pharisees are always trying to trap him. But then that raises this other question. Like, is Jesus taking lightly adultery? Like, is Jeezy, Jesus, Jeezy, <laughs> not a rapper. Um, is Jesus taking lightly adultery? Because it, all, it almost seems that way. It's almost as if this woman who wrecks homes, whatever side of the alley she's on, whether she's the wife or the prostitute or whatever, whatever side, Jesus is not holding her accountable. He's not holding her accountable for like doing terribly destructive things. And how, how is that possible? How is it possible that Jesus is God and completely just, completely good, completely perfect, and lets people who do very terrible things off the hook, right? Like, 
How, is he, how does he maintain goodness? Because I think we, we look around and we can pinpoint people in, in the world that we want to see brought to justice. Like, we can, we, like the guy that shoots up an elementary school. We look at that and we're like outraged. Like, what the heck is this freaking guy's problem? Like, he needs to be brought to justice. So something in us looks at wrong done and wants justice rendered. Like, we want to see justice happen. And if God doesn't hold accountable those who do evil, he's not a good God. He's a wicked God. And so if God doesn't hold murderers, adulterers, liars, thieves, wicked people accountable, he's not a good God. So how is it that Jesus is able to take this woman caught in this destructive, wicked sin and just let her off the hook and with like a slap on the wrist, like, eh, go, don't sin anymore. I don't condemn you. And I think the answer is the most beautiful one. Um, Jesus inaugurates a new covenant at his death. Jesus inaugurates a new and beautiful way in which God interacts with mankind. Jesus takes the sin of that woman. The reason he can say you're not condemned is he can say your condemnation I will take on the cross. So he can let her off the hook because he's going to take her punishment. So the gospel says that it's that the gospel is not saying that adultery is okay and that sin is a light thing and that destructive sinful habits and and things like that are okay and Jesus is just cool with it go do what you want to do the gospel says no everything we put in the law of Moses all of those things thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife those things they're incredibly heavy and wrong and wicked but the problem is is they take place in every man's heart and every man ought to be held accountable this is just a woman they brought to the middle of the court to try to trap him right and so the reason he can take her off of the hook is because he's going to put himself on the hook and he is completely aware of that and so it's not that she's not condemned it's just that she's transferring her condemnation onto Jesus and Jesus is able to forgive her because he's going to suffer her punishment. And so the gospel is not sin's okay, Jesus gets you into heaven. The gospel is sin is wicked and wrong and an affront to God, but God loves humans so much that he would rather suffer the punishment owed to men than allow men to suffer the punishment. And it's one of the guys in San Francisco, he just said it, but it hit me in a weird way. We have a God that was hammered to wood for our sake. Like we say the cross, but I don't think we realize like he was hammered to wood. He was hammered to wood for this. It was a God. He, he's God. That's profound. He's a God who would allow himself to be hammered to wood for the sake of adulterous women, for the sake of lying men, for the sake of people who constantly do things as an affront to God. And I think um, that's beautiful, right? I think that's incredibly beautiful because it doesn't take lightly one side, but it takes it so heavily that it costs God his own life, the life of his son, 
It costs God the life of his son to redeem mankind who constantly affront him. Um, and so I say that maybe to, to bring things to your mind. Um, I think it's easy to come in here and just participate. I'm sorry. It's easy to come in here and watch and not participate. It's easy to come in to settings, church settings, and to sing songs, to watch a guy talk, to even go to Bible studies and have input about theological things and never really participate in the gospel and never allow the Holy Spirit to bring these things in us out and confess them so that the blood of Jesus can wash them clean. And so what we will do is we will, it's, it's hard to say, we'll hide behind Jesus but in the wrong way. We'll hide behind, I said this prayer, Jesus is cool with me, I'm going to heaven. But we'll hide in such a way that we minimize the sin that he died for. Like we'll minimize the reason for which he was hammered to wood. And I think it's very easy. And so we'll come in here, and, and as we do that, this attempt at spirituality, this attempt at worship, and this attempt to read the Bible, it grows flat because we're not meeting Jesus where he asked us to meet him. He asked us to meet him at the foot of the cross where we say, all of the wickedness is on you, all of the sin, all of the pain, all of the hurt, all of the guilt, all of the things that have been done wrong to me, and I have done wrong to you, and I have done wrong to others. This is all on the table, and I believe that your blood has washed that away. And so instead, for the sake of how we look to ourselves, or the sake of how we look in front of people, we will hide our sin, we'll hide the worst parts of us from ourselves and from the people around us will refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to bring that to light so that it can be confessed, repented, and turned from. And so before we get into worship, because this time of worship will only be singing if there are things in your life that need to be confessed and they need to be confessed to believers and to God. It's very easy to confess to God and never confess to believers. And what that does is it doesn't allow healing within the body. There must be healing that happens as other people administer the gospel to you. As other people look you in the eye, they hear your sin and they say, Wow, isn't God good that he would die for someone like you and for someone like me? And I don't condemn you either because of what Jesus did, right? So um, we're going to have just some time of worship, and I want us to take seriously not the songs and what they say, but I want us to take seriously the death of Christ and what that requires first off from us as humans, and that is bringing to light, bringing to the light where we are really, like where we are really. Um, and so... We're going to have some time of worship, but I, I, I want the beginning of that time. Uh, if there are things you need to talk about with people that you just need to tell to get off your chest, like you're singing and you're like, uh, you just feel this like, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but I sing and I'm like, something's going on and I know what it is and it's in the back of my head and I need to either go to my wife and say, look, I'm sorry, I've been a big idiot. But you know what I'm talking about. 